Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Al Floyd, CEO and Chairman of Vox Realty Corp. Vox is a precious metals-focused, growth-focused royalty company. We exclusively buy third-party royalties, which enables us to source royalty opportunities around the world, not limited by companies, mining companies that may need capital. And we have certain proprietary and competitive advantages in terms of sourcing, securing, and finding those royalties to bring the portfolio of great value. Hey, Kyle. Good to see you again. Are you well? Terrific, Matt. How are things on your side? Oh, good. We're getting back to some semblance of normality. Well, this month anyway. Hey, um, quick press release. Uh, that's good news. You must be delighted. I am delighted. It's, uh, it was a really nice milestone for our business and for our shareholders. Uh, we've alluded to this type of potential in our portfolio. And, and I think in a lot of respects, it's validation of our business model and our approach. So it was really tremendous news that, um, you know, I, I'm very pleased that we were able to bring to the market. Okay. So let's, let's talk about validation. Okay. Validation of what precisely? What, what, are you, what are you doing or trying to tell people that you're doing? We believe we're buying royalties uh, at fantastic value and building a portfolio the right way that's going to provide the right leverage uh, and opportunity for our investors uh, over the coming years to see that rewarded in, in share price at the end of the day. And so we we have built a royalty company, we think different than anybody else out there um, in terms of the competitive advantages that we've, we've worked for years to build uh, and then using those competitive advantages to bring in great value um, and great opportunity for our investors in, in the royalties that have become part of our portfolio. Okay, so just remind people exactly what the news was today, which is that you've announced that a doubling of revenue for 2021, you're getting four to five million bucks. Um, obviously, where's that come from? Well, it's interesting. And I think you and I, the first time we spoke was right on the heels of our IPO uh, last year in May. And I said, look, we have exponential growth in front of us. And um, you, know, you, you poked a little fun at me for using the word, I think it was four times. But that is being driven by buying royalties three to 24 months out from production. Uh, where we, where our mining engineers and our geologists are, are looking at the quality of these projects, looking at the quality of the royalties, finding them at great value, bringing them in the portfolio, and then those royalties, those projects, um, delivering to the market what we envision that they would, in, in most cases, ahead of our expectations. And these these assets coming in, coming online, coming into production is what generates that revenue growth. But here's the thing: I think there's, there's a lot of royalty companies coming. There's new ones happening all the time. New one in the last couple of weeks. You know, these guys are all saying the same stuff. You're you're saying the same stuff. The term, well, the terminology is is the same. The definitions may not be. So, what do you mean by development uh, stage royalties? Yeah, and I think that's one of the differentiators in our portfolio is we have 15 to 20 uh, development stage royalties, which means these are royalties that actually have an engineering and economic study around them. So this is not exciting exploration royalties or moose pasture. This is actually projects that have true work that's been done that encapsulate what the potential economics and, and what's going to be required to bring this asset into production. Right, so an, an engineering report or some or some level of economic report. Are you talking PA or or above, right? Yep, exactly. Okay, and then what's the next level down after that in terms of how you define then, companies? Then, it, then it's a then we kind of lump it all together as exploration. But what we have is we have what I think is one of the most exciting 
exploration that, that category of royalties in our portfolio, where if you're looking at the news that we are continuing to come out with, you're seeing really, really great drilling. And uh, those results are moving these projects along. More meters being drilled. These companies are raising more capital to eventually bring these into what we would call the development stage. And then hopefully and eventually production. But it's it's being driven by when we buy exploration royalties. And, and that's not the focus of our business, but sometimes they come along in portfolios. Sometimes we really do like a set of assets that are in that category. Our geology work is, is paying off. And we're finding royalties that have catalysts and are delivering. Um, and that's really increasing the value of the portfolio. And it's you really aren't getting credit for that. Um, at least Vox is not. But you start to see what that looks like and how that manifests in terms of growing revenue, growing the profile of the business in the most tangible way. It's happening. Um, and this, you know, this news release is, is really kind of, I think, a, a very significant milestone in terms of demonstrating um, our capability in finding great value on great royalties. Okay, I've got a few questions off the off the back, but let, let's get back to the the press release so we can we can park it up in a second. So, um, you you're talking about obviously Kuro uh, uh, Resources uh, royalty in there contributing to so you're talking about doubling of revenues potentially by the end of this year. So, what what is the point of this press release? What what are you trying to help people understand about Vox Royalty? Well, one of the big questions, and and again, when we spoke the first time, was well, where's the revenue, right? Because there's a lot of royalty companies that have started. Uh, and they either have zero revenue uh, or they're paying through the nose to bring revenue forward to their investors. And we said, look, we're going to be patient. We're going to be consistent. And that was the knock on Vox was, well, where is the revenue? And we spoke and uh, you know, continually messaged the market. The revenue is coming. And at the price that we've brought in revenue and the price that we've acquired royalties, this is going to produce extremely attractive results for our investors. And it has. And that, that is the point of this press release. And if I'm an investor, um, not on this side of the wall, what I'm taking away from this is Vox is delivering and we're very optimistic about what is happening right now in the portfolio that's not yet revenue producing. All of our producing royalties, it was the best quarter that they've had in terms of the production that they generated for Vox. We continue to see that type of upside in the portfolio that we have right now. And it's not anywhere near close to value in line with any of the true comps that we have in the market. Right, but if I, if I look at some of the words you're using, you're using patient, be patient, be, uh, you know, we we will be, you know, consistent. Uh, in the, in, in, those words are used by other people, all right? And they may mean different things, but if I, as an investor, I'm listening to it, like, I don't really know what to look at. So, you know, what, what, is the, what is the actual meaningful difference here? When you say we are not going to buy expensive royalties, we are going to be disciplined about the way that we do things. So why is that approach any different or better than, say, someone <laughs> who is doing the all singing, dancing, hey, we'll, we'll buy anything that's put in front of us? What, why is it better for me? Look, I am not going to say that every shop process results in a failed acquisition for the royalty company. But what I will tell you, is that you can assume right now in today's market that there's two or three deals being shot by investment banks to all the royalty companies, actually more than that, any, any given week, any given month. And the reality is in those processes, you win, you've paid more than everyone else. And it's kind of the, the truth serum, right? If we win a process, we've won a process, which means you know, people can try to tell you, oh, you know what? Our stock is undervalued, so we're going to take your stock. 
At the end of the day, everyone out there is trying to maximize value for their shareholders. And the stock and who's undervalued, who's not undervalued, I'll tell you in these processes, has mattered very, very little. So it's patience to wait, allow the portfolio to mature, allow the business model to prove itself, um, and deliver these results. When we spoke the first time, I said, look, we're going to be the, the revenue number for the next few quarters is not going to blow anybody away. We're going to be, I think I used the word treading water. And we weren't really treading water. We were continuing to buy great royalties. And those royalties that we already had in the portfolio were, were coming online and coming upstream better than expected. So we weren't treading water. But this is, I think, the first major milestone that demonstrates there is material revenue that's going to continue to grow from great projects. Um, and this tale of development stage and exploration royalties is not anywhere near fairly valued in our portfolio. Okay, but so, so explain this, because this, this is getting to the kind of heart of it. This is the interesting bit for me, which is, you know, when I see... <laughs> When I see these sort of bidding wars that go on between companies, like you say, if you win, you don't actually win. You know, it's a win-lose situation sometimes because you overpay and it takes a little bit longer to kind of re recoup the, the expenditure. But um, how does a company like you go from treading water to being behaving any differently from any of these other royalty companies in terms of that growth profile? Why, why should I believe that you've got more potential than, than them? I think look at the operating results that we push out from our, from the, the true operators of the royalties, the true operators of the projects that we have royalties over. We continue to have bonanza grade drilling results on some of the exploration projects that we've picked up for unbelievable value. Uh, we continue to show and demonstrate to the market. Again, this is just passing through news from the development stage royalties that are continuing to progress forwards to production over very material assets. And it's hard for investors. That's the truth. And that's the, that's the unfortunate truth about world's companies is we're a derivative from a mining company. And a mining company is hard enough to try and understand and try to understand what's going on with these projects. Then you get to a royalty company and we have 54, 55 royalties and streams now. It's, look, you've got, you know, there's, it's very difficult for investors to do all the work to truly understand what's going on in a portfolio. And so I think there's been a little bit of a washout. You know, don't call me on a royalty company. I don't want to hear about a royalty company. Yet, if you are paying attention, are willing to do the work, there's companies like Vox that are that are showing you what's happening, that are clearly articulating that message or the best that we can, um, that there is immense value in this portfolio and immense value that's continuing to be built um, with our with our team and with our business model. Okay, so if, if I come back to your comment about, as far as you're concerned, the, the development stories are ones with engineering reports or some kind of economic report. That's important. Why? Because I guess without those things, you're saying there's very little chance that they're going to be able to raise the capital needed to release the value on, in the ground. Is that is that the point of doing it like that? So every so every project's different, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it's very it's very hard to say that a company is going to go from exploration to production in twelve months. You, that work takes time and it needs to be done. And it also gives you a better uh, idea of what to expect um, when it does come into production. So it, it allows investors to start making decisions of whether to finance that company into production. Uh, and so without those studies, that obviously doesn't typically doesn't happen. Uh, but that, that I think is one of the keys. We have um, more development stage projects than anyone in our end of the market cap range by far. Uh, and that are actively being worked on, actively progressed. And, and I think that's one of the keys to what Vox is accomplishing for shareholders 
um, that's that's probably uh, misunderstood right now in the market. So, okay, so come back and answer the question I asked earlier, which was, why is your growth profile any different from anyone anyone else's? You know, they've they've all got projects, they've all got port, you know royalty portfolios there. You know, they got a lot of, a lot of stuff to look at. We're going to put value on some of those things, whether they're just expiration, whether they've got an engineering report or not. Um, but why is your growth profile look any different? Our growth profile uh, is really based on we bought royalties at very good value for where they stood at that point in their their development stage. But our engineers, our mining engineers and our geologists and our team was really piercing through saying, what does this project out to accomplish in the next three, six, 12, 18, 24 months? And those catalysts, we, we picked great projects that have great catalysts that we expected to perform ahead of expectations. Um, and that's what's playing out. That's what's playing out in our portfolio is that we have projects that are moving faster and better than probably uh, you know, the, the lay I would have expected those projects to move at. And that's what's generating a lot of this growth. But, but okay, think, think about it in dollar terms, right? You, you, you get presented a royalty, you've got the opportunity to buy it. You say, I think this thing is worth 5 million bucks. Okay, you, that's the number you put on it. Guy around the corner says, do you know what? To win this thing, we're gonna have to pay 8 million bucks. What's the difference between you paying five because you think that's fair value and him paying eight? Because at the end of the day, these things are going to generate maybe two, three, four times return, aren't they? Not all of them. Not all of them. Um, you know, in, in that situation, if we think it's worth five, we might, we might, in that case, depending on the risk parameters around it, we might think that it's going to generate ten. Well, if you've bought it at eight, now let's risk that potential. There's good chance that that could underperform. Buying at five means that you've left some serious value on the table for your shareholders. And even if things don't go as planned, uh, that you're expected to make money. And that's how we price our royalties. We don't take $2,000 gold. It might get there. And we're obviously uh, somewhat inherently bullish being in the industry, but we use a four price deck that's lower than current metal prices to value our royalties, where you've heard a lot of companies come on and they're saying, well, we're using $1,800, $1,850, $1,900 gold. Well, that means that when gold drops, you're pro- you probably lost money on that deal. Right. Okay. I know, you, I know you've been through a, a, a few cycles of being in the royalty game, game a while, but what's the, what's the likelihood of that? You know, are you being too cautious here? I, look, why do you buy a royalty company? I think, I think investors need to ask themselves, why do you buy a royalty company? Because they're giving you better risk-adjusted returns. That's why. Well, if we're baking in $2,000, $2,500 gold, then go buy some 6X derivative feature out there on the market and play that. But guess what? You can lose everything. Well, the same thing could happen with your royalty company if they're doing that. Well, we're not doing that. We're finding good value, pricing it at forward price curves, finding projects that we think are going to grow and exceed expectations, which means will achieve a very similar upside because look, we've led the industry in growth. We've acquired more royalties on an acquisitional basis than anyone else over the last few years. So we're still finding good volume and bringing in tremendous volume for our investors, but we're doing it at better value than anyone else. Okay. So 54, 55 royalties. That sounds like a lot. That that, that should be enough. Um, you, you, you're getting your revenue in and do you just basically just sit on that, park it up, or do you keep going out there trying to find deals? What are you incentivized to do? 
That's interesting. I mean, we, we trade at the very low end of the relative valuation metrics of the industry, which has really forced us, um, not that we would necessarily act any differently, but it's forced us to have tremendous discipline on what we brought in and what royalties we acquired and what we expected from those royalties. So we're going to continue doing exactly what we've done. When we find great royalties at great value that are accretive for even our low relative valuation multiple in the space right now, we're going to bring those in. And you know, with this revenue, we continue. If uh, if there's more capital needed to bring those in, you know, we're going to have very low cost, uh, much lower cost of capital to to bring those opportunities in via debt and other structures. So I, I don't see us going to the equity markets to to fund that growth. Um, if we do fund that growth, it'll be from strategic structures that really break down that cost of capital. But we'll continue to execute the way that we have and, and be disciplined uh, and be consistent. Okay, so remind me again this this growth profile of yours the next two three years because I I think versus looking at royalty, they, they I know that's a long term play. There's a kind of annuity stream of cash we're talking about here, but they want to see you know meaningful growth each year. So okay, this year you've given us guidance 2022, 2023, 2024. What are we looking at? So we have not come out with formal guidance uh, beyond this year. So we our initial guidance was 1.7, 2.5 million CAD. We've obviously raised that to between four and 5 million CAD. Um, I think we priced in some conservatism there. So we'll we'll continue to monitor. We have a, uh, the Segalola uh, gold project, which is the highest grade open pit right now in Africa. That's in commissioning stage with Thor Explorations that has just um, gone into commissioning. Like I, I, they've done a great job there. I think that's going to go very, very well. We are being probably conservative in what we're forecasting. A lot of that depends I'll on- I'll find out for you tomorrow. I'm speaking to them tomorrow, okay. just so you know. <laughs> Uh, well, I wish them the best, obviously, and they've they've done an unbelievable job um, bringing that project online. So, you know, depending on how that's going, you know, our our numbers can can potentially have some some op- there's some optimism um, with what we projected out, or sorry, some conservatism that there's room to be optimistic that numbers could actually be better. So we'll see. Um, but you know, I think what investors have to look for uh, in Vox is that you know, analysts had us doing two million this year. Uh, we've obviously come out with that guidance of four to five. They had us doing six in 2022 and eight in 2023. They have, they've done a lot of the work to look at our assets and expect out. I'll tell you, they're not catching everything that, that we know is brewing in the portfolio. So, um, well, we're not going to come out with formal guidance. I think the analysts uh, are doing pretty good work on Vox so far. Okay. So do you, okay. A lot of new entrants. There's a few people with with revenue streams uh, there. They've they've paid a bit for them, and you may argue they've overpaid for them. But um, nevertheless, people look at the, the bottom line and go, "These guys are producing uh, cash. It's it's indicate, indicative of what the, what we they think what they're capable of. So they're definitely worth looking at. How do you play catch up? How do you overtake them in terms of you know real creative? value, however you want to measure it, you know, why, why do you win and they don't? How do we win and they don't? Well, one of the things that one of the areas that we can win for our investors right now is seeing the valuation come in line with the relative valuation metrics that our closest comps are being valued on. Um, so for our investors, that will be a big win. The market understanding, and I think this is this today and this announcement of doubling revenue, doubling guidance is really important is an important piece of that that our i believe our way and our business model and the competitive advantages that we've built 
are going to produce what we would call alpha in the royalty sector. So better returns than anybody else. That's why that is why you should be in the business as a royalty company. If you don't think you can do that, there's enough majors, right? There's the Francos and the Royals and the Wheatons. If you want to go just bet the industry, go play those guys. But when you're when you're buying a company at our end of the size range, you're looking for a team and a business that can deliver you alpha and should do better than everybody else. Otherwise, why are you in the business? We're not here to be an also ran. We're not here uh, just to collect a paycheck. We're here to work for our investors and deliver the best return to the industry. And if you can't do that, then get out of the sandbox. But, but, but what does best return mean? What, what does that mean? Because you know, for some people looking in, they're going, oh, it's just quantum. The, the amount of money you bring in, it doesn't matter whether the margin's there, whether it's profitable, whether it's just a quantum, because the multiple on that, easy. That's how I do the math, which is how they would do the math. So what do you mean? What's the best return mean? Well, let me give you an example. The majors, um, and I, I quote this from indirect sources to some degree, but it, it's pretty consistent. We'll use a one to 2% cost of, uh, discount rate or hurdle rate. So that's what they're expecting to generate from their acquisitions at basically a present current metal price. So what, I mean, if you're an investor, does that sound that attractive? I mean, you, there's definitely built an option value. Sounds like a pension. That, you know, so now take what we've done. We've, de- we've deployed about $30 million into royalties. And at 2023, uh, if, if that run rate continues, and I think there's, there's room that it exceeds expectations, um, that's over 25%. It's private equity that's, level. That's what, right. I, that's, what, that's what I would call alpha. Okay, so, so you, 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 go, you go from a kind of a pension type return to a kind of private equity type return. That's what you were saying. Is, is possible. Yeah, and, right. and, okay. and again, there's there's leverage, there's growth. That's not factoring in the entire portfolio. That's not everything that's coming online. That's just what's coming online by 2023. So there's there's a lot bigger numbers to be had than that within our portfolio. But just in terms of something that's relatively near term, somewhat tangible, a return on invested capital metric, which nobody uses in the royalty space, that's pretty robust returns. And I would call that alpha. Yeah, that, so would I. But the other way people measure it is what's happening with the share price. I mean, you've, you've had, wow, what a year, right? Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of companies have come off as precious metals have come on and off. It's been, it's been an erratic year for them. You, you obviously raised some money back in March, April-ish and saw a reaction in the marketplace and you, you, you've started to come back again from that. Can we expect to see off the back of this result more consistency from you? I think so. I think so. I mean, share price is the one thing that management you know, typically cannot directly influence. Um, you know, you are somewhat reliant on the market, uh, but we're doing everything that we can to highlight to investors around the world that, uh, that Vox is, is an undervalued story and dramatically so. So um, I believe that we've turned the supply demand fundamentals of our stock in our favor. I know that we've turned the fundamentals in our favor um, at, uh, at, at a pure fundamental level. So I'm, op- I'm very optimistic that the share price is going to start to reflect the value that we're creating for our shareholders. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.